Hello, hello, and welcome to Digital Digital Get Down. Baby, it's cold outside. I was going to go with let it snow when it's, the weather outside is frightful. Oh, yeah. That makes more sense, I think. It's been cold this whole time. It just started snowing. Yeah. Uh, we are your favorite podcast hosts, Heather and... Bennett! <laughs> and there is a... It's so good to see you, girl. Let's catch up. <laughs> All we do is catch up all day, every day. I'm surprised you're not sick of me talking at you by now. This podcast is probably I don't know less how fun. I'm going to do looking at your hot hot urine that you're drinking over there. It's not actually urine. It's very fancy chamomile lavender tea. But I did choose the wrong mug. I chose Oof. a clear mug for very yellowy oh, tea. Oh, God. And just and the shape of the <laughs> satchel, too. Um, it smells nice. It's exactly what I said. I said, get her something that says chamomile and sounds like super peaceful or something. Chamomile and lavender. Yeah, you're about to spill all that. This couch is, this is, would be the least bad thing spilled on this couch <laughs> this week, probably. Ow, ow. Um, um, here we okay, are. Okay, like, we're, like, honored to have you here. Like, you're, like, a podcast celebrity right now. Um, it's true. I've been moonlighting on other podcasts. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what you call it? Yeah, I mean, you did it in broad daylight, the other one, but. Yeah, and I was ill. You were. You had onion disease. It's not funny. There was a salmonella outbreak in the onions from Mexico. And I was sick that day and I didn't know why. And then like a month later, I saw a news report and realized it was probably the onions. It was your Michael Jordan flu game. It was my Leslie Nope Harvest Festival It was your season. Will Ferrell old school. That's actually probably the best comparison. When you just blacked yeah. out. Yeah. Um, we listened back to it. We should probably say what it actually is. Probably. I was on... Um, a podcast called Teacher Career Coach Podcast. Right. Um, I am part of celebrating like a people who slightly have disgraced. Left yes, a slightly <laughs> disgraced group of people who have left teaching in sh- in. All of them in are shame. in shame. I thought it was just you. Uh, many of them oh. left. Uh, in, Most of them on their own free will. Though. In less than I. Nah. Mm, Some always. of them got like fired pretty badly, oh, mostly geez. for like. Um, I guess that makes sense why they would be looking for new careers. Mostly from like. I don't want to say like CRT, but kind of like teaching stuff. I don't that know what the that acronym is. Critical race theory, like all oh, of that. Okay, gotcha. Like that kind of thing of like they were trying to teach like social justice yeah, stuff yeah. and like they're in schools that didn't support that and they got forced out gotcha. and things like that. Um, but anyways, I was on the podcast you talking about... this woman like a full hour of like your best I could have kept scholarly talking too, self. yeah. I, uh, My review of the episode was, you said, you said something while we were listening it like... It sounds like I'd be I'm someone who like people would want to be friends with. And my <laughs> review was after listening to the podcast, people would know if they wanted to be your friend. I said, does it sound like <laughs> I'm someone people would want to be friends with? And you said people would know one way or the other. Correct. People yeah. would know. It, it Yeah. Yeah, no one would be undecided. Armadillo. <laughs> That's a cool thing. I uh, was just joshing Heather because she has like she has like eighty five percent of like cool calm composed very professional like, i'm pretty chill most of the time but then you can time. tell when something just enters her brain and she just goes back to like her like middle school self it's just like just goes, Armadillo! adhd brain a little bit of, Probably, of like yeah. squirrel like immediately i just like something shiny thought it popped into my brain and i just need to say it um i thought i did a pretty good job though overall mm-hmm. i wasn't feeling that well that day i didn't do a ton of prep more um, than for this show yeah but that's not saying much um and you talk through your entire professional career across continents, across the, industry. The whole point of this podcast 
not our podcast this podcast has no point <laughs> the whole point of daphne's fuck i did spill the tea on me <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're in the like i got my pants um smells better though black and yellow black and yellow um the whole point of daphne's podcast the teacher career coach podcast mm. is to offer make advice money. to teach make money yeah <laughs> she's trying to do that as a career but to man if this was our primary career we'd be in trouble um her point is to help teachers who are thinking of leaving teaching or have recently left teaching to figure out if they might want to do a different career a lot of teachers like you know go to school for teaching and go straight into the classroom and like that's all they've ever done i think i'm a unique case in that i did it backwards from most people and that i Mm -hmm. did other stuff first and then kind of fell into teaching so that was what i was talking about or offering my expertise was um if there are teachers out there who are interested in pivoting to working at like a museum or a nonprofit or something yeah. um i just I thought you blended stories. perfectly with this because you love telling people to quit their job i do um that would be your spinoff podcast quit, quit your job your job i would i would have people on who are thinking about quitting and i would just be like quit your Let's job see what the uh it would be like one of those um the, mm-hmm. like talk show things where the whole audience shouts yeah. quit your job like i cue them and they all yeah. shout it yeah um if you hate your job and you have the financial means quit your job mm. um so i was on that podcast you did it you put a full hour in you were coherent you were elegant elegant i don't think anyone's ever called me elegant you before. talked about eloquent whales and all sorts of things yeah mm-hmm. and i had a pretty good time doing it i felt mm-hmm. um it was a nice like reprieve for me to feel like i am like a professional human being who knows things because Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of the time i sit at home and watch children's shows and clean up after our toddler yeah it was nice to like have a little bit of career or professional time all right well that's enough about that okay um Um, i think we need to do our advertisement like off the top this is episode 102 if that's what you wanted to say sure this is episode 102 and i was gonna say this is I don't know if it's really weird anymore if, like, almost every episode is like this now, but we did have a long absence. Um, again, we have some, like, random stuff to catch up on, so mm-hmm. this is going to be a, a more scattered than most episode, probably. Mm. But, yes, do your announcement slash um, advertisement to start. Sure. You're my marketer, but I'll do my best. So, officially, a week ago, we launched Book Digits 3.0. A little bit of history. Book Digits 1.0 came out in... We launched in 2013. We had a soft beta for friends and families back then. I don't remember any of this, but sure. Mm. Uh, We were reminiscing about how I would slack off at my day job back then and and built it. Back then, yeah. And then we launched 2.0 when I was unemployed in Australia. I remember I was wrapping it up. Sure. So that would have been 2015. Yeah first time we had a mobile site right that was a big deal that was a big deal that was my biggest request the look and right the look and feel got a little bit stale after a while i had told myself i would never work on it again i was like done with coding and then i got inspired and uh it took me about 12 months i could have probably done it in like two months if i was like really motivated but i enjoyed doing it as a hobby so anyways i'll stop boring you all we launched last week, 3.0, mm-hmm. clean, refresh design, desktop, mobile websites, coherent, 
consistent look and feel across both. The things I'm most excited Go about. Yep. Um, some better like filtering options when you're looking at a list. When you're in your personal list, you can filter. Not by theme, though. Not yet. <laughs> you can filter by your titles, your authors, uh, and a few other things as well. Sorry, we had a quick interruption there. We thought our house was about to collapse oh, on itself. Just cut it out. No. The people need to know. <laughs> they don't need to know. I've had one roof cave in on me before in my life. Roof didn't cave in. The ceiling plaster collapsed. Right. Roof and ceiling are different things. Very different. Different. Yeah. Um, so yes. I was saying my favorite thing. We have three <laughs> list options. You can view them in the normal list. Mm -hmm. You can view it cover view mm -hmm. or compact view, I call it. Compact view I like because I usually have so many things on my list. My ratings, my to-read list, I was going to say, compact view gives you 100 items per page by default. Yeah. And with your to-read so list, I'm girl. I'm scrolling through. Whew. Nice I'm thing just, is it preserves it across all your pages. It becomes your setting. We've got a beautiful settings panel. You can choose your time zone. You can choose whether or not you want to see the theme percentages. Some people really like them. Some people could do without them. We tried to give you the flexibility and the power to make reading your own magical journey. Sure. I told you that I'm not good at the marketing. I know, you just really trailed off there. <laughs> um, I took two seconds to look for a note and you were just talking about magical journeys. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I saw on Facebook a quote go by by Lemony Snicket, who's not a real person, but that said, <laughs> that said um, I will probably die surrounded by all the books I never read, which is probably mm. the mantra for my to-read list. Terrific. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we alerted all 25,000 book digits registered users about these changes. We, we asked you all for donations. In. We've yet to get any. Now I get why Wikipedia like spams you for yeah. like a full month. If the, if the average rate is 0%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, just I, kidding. It's a hobby folks. I've been actually trying to share about it on the book digits Instagram, which I don't mm -hmm. always do. Got a couple bites. Got you some did. people interested. We'll see. And I will be also sharing the Book Digits top books, top new releases of this year based on Book Digits ratings. Right. Did you see, did you get the Goodreads email? Yeah, you wow. just finished Malibu Rising. And the then... best historical fiction yeah. of 2021 because it took place in Los Angeles in the 80s. People have a lot of feelings about it. About that selection? Yes. Can I just Twitter search? Malibu Rising Historical Fiction. People have a lot of feelings about it. And they it. picked uh, Andy Weir, of course, sure, and Sally Rooney. Like, like, there's like not like people you don't are even basically need a just saying like, that it just is the whoever the most ratings, right? Um, and the most which AKA is the most marketing. So yeah, people are people hate those yeah. like true book people hate them because they're just not mm -hmm. they're just based on popular. It's a popularity contest, yeah. legitimately. <sighs> okay. Um, can I talk about some of the books that I finished recently? Sure, babe. I'm not usually like a, I'm going to read holiday books at Christmas person. And this now year, you're reading Alaskan porn and all sorts of weird Alaskan shit. Alaskan porn. There was very little <laughs> porn in the last one I read. 400 pages and almost no porn. Um, this year, upset. this year, I the 400 pages bit I was upset about. <laughs> this year I've needed a little extra holiday cheer. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a very crappy Thanksgiving for reasons I guess I won't go into here. Sure. And um, not the crappiest Thanksgiving I've had, but not, not one of the more fun ones. Mm -hmm. And um, I and didn't have a ton of energy to 
you know, decorate the house or do tons of Christmassy shit. Yeah. So I've been trying to read more Christmassy things. I also get a little bit of like FOMO when people on Instagram are all reading all these Christmassy books. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, of course, all the authors like mark them up for Christmas time, so they're like expensive to try and buy on Kindle, or there's like a ridiculous they wait at the library, at the library for twenty months, which doesn't even help me. I've read a couple. I thought ahead for once and got one of them from the library like in November before people were thinking about it. Next year, I'm going to do more of that. I have a whole list of ones to request early next year, so I have them. In Holidays was the one I saw the most last year by Christina Lauren. Mm -hmm. Not good. Not good. Um, It sets up a time loop, like a Groundhog Groundhog Day style, Mm -hmm. where she like hits her head and wakes up again. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's usually a pretty only safe trope. does it three times. That's a waste. And then the second half of the book is just like a straight romance. And the author sets up a love triangle. Uh-huh. And does absolutely nothing with it. And the second half of the book is just a straight romance. And it was I it was so strange because it had such a good like holiday vibe and like found family kind of mm-hmm. vibe, which I like. And I, I like related a lot with the main character. And I did not give a shit about the romance. And, like, the plot was just so poorly executed that I was annoyed by it. Bummer. Um, the one I liked that I've been telling everyone about is called Faking Under the Mistletoe. Mm-hmm. Fake dating in New York City, office romance, and um, slightly too much sexual assault is plot there this, but What? Is there this much fake dating in, in the real world? I don't think so. Have but you it's a ever come across trope. a situation where you had the opportunity to be involved in fake dating? I mean, I've been real dating you for for a long time, so it hasn't come up. <laughs> gotcha. Was it was it like uh, high school based or were these older people fake Grown-ups dating? Grown ups usually. Grown ups fake so dating. This is how it came about. Which is, is there neat. a fake dating app we can download? Maybe. Um, the tr- hmm. the way that the trope usually comes about. Entrepreneur. Yeah is like somebody's ex let's make them jealous kind of thing yeah okay so it was that situation where it was like it was his ex and his like co-worker was like the ex was coming over and she was like let's pretend that we're dating so your ex feels bad gotcha so it was a ploy to like just make someone else feel bad that got carried on yeah that tickles me a little bit Hmm? that tickles me you get it right you're Mm. like oh how's Mm. this gonna play out right (laughs) so that one was great. I really enjoyed that one. Okay. Tourist attraction I just read. That was the Alaska one. The Alaska no porn. It was not great. Give me these highlights again. Tell, tell okay. me about the... 400 page book. Tell me about her job prospects. 400 page book. You have two characters. Two Main characters. characters. <laughs> you have um, Alaskan mountain man guy. Just like in yeah. every fucking romance set in Alaska. There's a whole subgenre of Alaskan romances. And Which you just discovered this year? No, I've read one of one or mm. two other ones in the past. You've read Heroes of the Frontier. That's practically a Alaskan <laughs> romance. Um, mm. I'm saying like Alaska is like a whole like mythical thing yeah, for sure. people. Um, so you have this guy. He's a local. He like accidentally opens. Does up he like a tourists? Diner. He hates tourists. His <laughs> his restaurant is called the Tourist Trap. Ah, uh, I see what he did there. Yeah, and. Then you have a tourist. <gasps> she is not a normal tourist because she's poor. She's just getting out of and a difficult situation back home. Up. Um, no. Never really got into that. 400 pages. Hmm. You have no idea what happened to her backstory other than she doesn't really have any family. She works at a diner and Sounds got like fired. Sounds like you want the prequel. Got fired for 
for taking this vacation that she had saved up for. <laughs> um, so she goes there, like 150 to 200 pages to establish he hates tourists and he, she's a tourist, but he kind of likes her. Just nothing else. No backstory. First person? Third person? Third person. Two uh, dual you narratives. Hate, okay. Um, and then the second half of the story is them being like, oh, we're so attracted to each other, but we shouldn't because you're leaving because you have to get home to your unemployment <laughs> yeah. and your sad single apartment. I, it, like, she doesn't even have a pet. Like, she, like, there's no reason that she needs to get back. So they spend the second half of the book, like, trying to, like... She needs to read The House in the Cerulean Sea where the dude's just like, I don't even care that it. I own a house. I'll yes. believe it. So she, like, <laughs> until, like, literally the last ten pages, like, literally they get to the airport uh-huh. before she's like, maybe I could stay. It's like, bitch, yeah, you could stay the whole time. That was the only tension in the book was to stay or not the to stay. The secondary tension is that um, they are kind of mutual friends. A rich tourist mm-hmm. is... They're fake dating. no no (laughs) is um there's this whole thing of like the tourists always fuck shit up and the locals hate turn it into a golf hate the tourists but then the tourists like bring a lot of money and to the area so like the town probably couldn't really survive without the tourism business and it gives a lot of opportunities but it also like they don't like the tourists because they like drive fast cars and make there's a whole subplot about a moose um but even that wasn't that yeah do we get the moose's perspective no but his name is ulysses and it's named moose there's quite a like one of the like emotional climaxes of the book has to do with the moose emotional not sexual Eh, the moose has a sexual relationship (laughs) with the guy's car the fuck i kind of want to read this book now i almost i almost gave up on it in the beginning and then I got kind of sucked in the middle where, like, they actually start kind of, like, dating and stuff goes wrong. Um, and then the end, I was just like, really? Which one was this called? Tourist, Tourist attractions. attractions. 400 pages, babe. It's a lot. The mm-hmm. only reason I even started to read it is because this author has a second book in that same universe called uh-huh. Mistletoe and Mr. Right. That's, like, a Christmas one. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it was available at the library. So I was like, oh, I'll get this one. And then it popped up and it was like, this is two in a series. This is the first one. I was like, oh, I'll get the first one. I'll get them both. Yeah. I should not have read the first one. I should have just gone for the Christmas one, when at least Staring I know it's consistently it. a C grade on on book digits, which you don't see that often. It was fine. Um, so yeah, that's my holiday book roundup so far. Okay. Very excited that I found a free, um, very cliche Alaskan romance, yeah. um, like paperback you at came the bookstore. Home beaming, yeah. A free book, and it's just like a dumb Christmas book that I can bring on our. Uh, our christmas trip and mm-hmm. it'll be nice i think okay can we start talking about music now can i make one more comment yeah sure i'm on track to read a hundred books this year well i was gonna i was gonna no of... graphic novels either and only a couple novellas you did every children's book you read with our son i did not <laughs> i would have been at six thousand by now if that was the case i read Le- i read leo can swim literally 12 times a day um I was going to tease that uh, our next episode will probably be early January. We'll do our book recap. Mm. We'll talk about my absolutely awful reading I year. I think I had a pretty bad reading year, too. In terms of uh, quantity, it was a good reading year. Quality, mm. I don't know how many straight A's I gave out. Not very don't, many. Yeah, save it. Okay, but I'm just saying. Yeah, it's not going to be as bad as my ratios. I guarantee it. 
Okay, um, men's warehouse. <laughs> um, so we'll we will do that in January. Our look our look back. But yes, okay. your your raw numbers are are impressive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't have any official newses. I just have lots of musical thoughts. Is any of them about a very daring Christmas? We can start with Mr. Chris. Okay. Are you are you Chris Christmas. in an okay state to do this? Um, I think so. He's like let me down a bit for the first time in in my life, probably. Oof, yeah. um, I disagree with that. What? Yeah. When's the last time you let me down? I'm just getting to my overall thesis of Darren Chris. I feel like he's been letting you down, and you haven't even known it. I don't think so. Okay, let's get let's um, just get into this, babe. Okay. He canceled his tour. He got me excited he to had go like to a, a concert date again. He had tour. like a 12 or 15 date, like, you know, tour of the Midwest kind of thing. Like, well, no, it had like a Boston date. It had like, yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying like, it was like coasts and yeah, and Minnesota and um, for his Christmas album. And I was like, that could be fun. I want that for my Christmas you pre-ordered present. pre-ordered it. I you like got, experiences for presents. I'm, uh, we have so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was excited about it. And then it inexplicably got canceled. Yeah. He never, ever has commented on why it got canceled at all. Mm-mm. switched it to a live show that you then have to still buy tickets for yeah and like the album is pretty good it's, it's got a, christmas a lot album. of slow songs and one of my pet peeves with christmas albums that i've realized is like i want to know which of these are originals and which of these are just bad old songs you have so many hot takes about I christmas just, music i feel like i'm willing to give something a little bit more of a break if it's like an old classic that is being revisited and it's like got kind of not great lyrics if it's an original i don't know i don't know i'm just remembering how excited i was as a young boy when nsync announced they were going to do a holiday album my gosh they came on trl it was like a big big day for me um so yes it's awkward that he canceled his tour it's awkward that he booked theaters for the tour yes Um, why did he not this is this is my biggest pet peeve mm -hmm. yeah i broke something on book what did you do (laughs) um i tried to click on sort my grades by highest within a grade i clicked a's okay and then i wanted to sort by the highest to see if i had any a pluses or a's instead of a minuses okay i'll work on that you talk about the theaters i just don't understand he booked like a weird university theater a yeah. big one. Mm-hmm. And then some of the speculation about the tours is that most of the tours have like a lot of tickets left. Yeah. And a, quite a few other artists have had to cancel or downgrade their tours because people just aren't buying as many tickets with COVID and, and mm-hmm. whatever else. Um, and, and there's like 800,000 fewer people to buy tickets because they died from COVID. Um, Yikes, that got dark quick. Just saying people seem to forget that when they talk about unemployment stats and things like that. Yeah. But... I don't understand why he booked such a big theater in the first place. Like, wouldn't it have been better to book a smaller place and sell it out? Yeah. Than to book a giant place and then have to cancel? You would think so. And you would also think that, like, a lot of smaller venues, like, are not booked out right now. Couldn't he just, if he already had the tour dates planned, couldn't he just switched it to a smaller, a smaller venue here? Like, there's got to be other smaller venues. Maybe it was just too much work or that's not how the... Mm, contract works with sure. Ticketmaster or whatever, but it was just a disappointment. 
It's fine. I mean, he he has the right to pursue whatever kind of career he wants. I'm I mean, sure like he's doing fine for himself. Right. My um yeah, you did break book digits, but we'll figure it out. You gave out no A pluses, I checked. Okay. I just don't want to have to source the whole way through. So. I know. Um so it's just you brought this up the other day, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. We were at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. It's an up tour. And all and the entire female population of New England was there. Yep, a certain more than one night, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, all he needed to do was like friggin' just bring a bring a a recorder a recording device to that thing and put out that as an album, a live album. And instead, well, his, he has all his old songs. Like, like mm. he has enough old fans that like if he put out all his old songs. Like I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure that's not interesting as an artist anymore. No, I know. But like Taylor Swift's doing it. That she's my next one, so we'll lead into that. But yeah, I just have found his music approach very strange. He seems to love to like reinvent himself with different uh, artist names, and then always put out either an EP or a single. And there's just never. He just doesn't seem to believe in like the cycle of the album. I think it's less about the cycle of the album and more that he has so many ideas mm-hmm. and so many interests in music yeah. that he has a hard time. Like, he has, like, decision, fear of decisions or fear yeah. of committing to one sort of theme or one one motif, mm-hmm. which is why I think a Christmas album was easy for him because that's the theme right there is Christmas. Yeah. Whereas I think he has so many, like, so many interests, even between acting and music, he always bounces back it's and true. forth between the two of those. Whenever he gets momentum in one, he kind of shifts to the other. So yeah. I think he's just kind of a jack of all trades in the entertainment business mm-hmm. and struggles with that because he doesn't have like one lane mm-hmm. to stay in. Chris Colford did the opposite and was like, fuck it, I'm going to go write children's books forever. Right. Um, so I think Darren just has the um, struggle of wanting to do all the things at the same time mm-hmm. and not being able to narrow his focus. Okay. A lot of psychoanalyzing, wow. Darren, for this. Okay. I also broke book digits again. So. What did you do now? Uh, the rest won't load. Huh. And I clicked more. Okay. I'll work on that later. Gosh. This is awkward now, babe. What happens with your alpha tester? Um, so Taylor Swift mm-hmm. has had herself quite a, quite a pandemic, really. <clears throat> In terms of people who have like profited off of mm-hmm. this, like Folklore, she's she's Evermore, been busy, sure. The speak uh, fearless Taylor's version, red yeah. Taylor's version. I I have a ton. Of, I have a lot of respect for the taking ownership back of your songs. I love that. That's great. I still don't particularly like her. She doesn't really do it for me. Like you had a bunch of her interviews on a couple weeks ago, and she just I don't know. And it goes back to that documentary I watched a few clips of with you. She seems like she's trying so hard to be genuine, and I don't think she is that much of, like, a, a standoffish celebrity, but, like, her vibe doesn't really do I it for me. I think my problem, or my thing about her, is that I would like to be, like, her friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that, I think if I were ever to be a celebrity, I would be similar in some ways. I could see that. Um, so I think I relate to her, and I think I would like to be her friend, that does not always make her very fun to watch for interviews and documentaries yeah. and things. Um, I think, uh, at least my take on it, is that she is very smart, is very self-aware, mm-hmm. um, is a very good business person. Um, but she is like a early 30s girl who grew up in the same world that I did. And it, 
it's paralyzing to try and figure out what to care about and what to how to act and how you're supposed to be and what people's expectations are and I think she's grown a lot in that but I think she still struggles with that sometimes Mm -hmm. so I relate a lot to her vibe but yeah it's not the funnest to watch for interviews and things Gosh, we're really like psychoanalyzing the celebrities. Man, my other thought about her was this was all around the short film she released, mm. which I was expecting to be like blown away in a lot of ways, and I wasn't. It was a long form music video, right? Which is fine. Um, I just felt a little weird about it because I know she like gave Mr. Gyllenhaal like a dressing down by doing this. But also, like, in the post-Me Too world, like, anytime I hear that, like, someone was a bad guy, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he's going to get canceled, canceled. And he kept a scarf. He was a little emotionally mean abusive. to her at the dinner party. Emotionally abusive. I, I, I agree with that term, probably. Also, yeah. like... I think the bigger part of the issue that you're maybe forgetting is that he's mm. nine years older than I her. I was going to say, it just she was seemed, 20 and he's like 20, he was 29 A situation where they had different uh, perspectives on but the like, relationship, maybe. did he maybe? have any business dating a 20-year-old? Seems weird to me. Like, at your current age, would you date a 22-year-old? <sighs> like, that's a little I bit creepy. I date them. <laughs> um, okay. That's what I had on Taylor. Okay. Uh, we had more music stuff. Oh, Adele. Oh, right, Adele. Adele Taylor went like sad girl autumn. Like one time, I was sad because this guy was not so nice to me. Adele went like I'm having a deep existential depression, and I have mm-hmm. a child, and I don't know how to deal with my life. Like, whoa, Adele. Yeah. Don't hit me that hard. Yeah. Like, I'm here for like. I think everyone's had a tough year had a tough go of it in whatever way Mm -hmm. for your own personal situation taylor was just like i'm gonna be sad and sing these songs from a decade ago Mm -hmm. adele was just like remember how you're clinically depressed and you're worried that your child is gonna figure out that you don't find joy in anything and it's like too much for me i couldn't even i I listened i a couple of the songs i enjoyed Uh i don't even know if i made it through the full album because i was like girls is too much there's there's like a song where she is like asking her child there's like a clip of her talking to her kid asking him if if he notices that mommy's sad sometimes it's like, jesus oh so you you're actually talking about the music i didn't have anything to say oh, about i'm the listening music. to the, i'm talking about the album Jeez. and then there's one song that's like loneliness is the only rest i get <sighs> jeez adele like yeah i mean i've only heard the first one they put out there on the radio and i was like i'm just like that's a single like she's got a couple i mean that's an adele single she's yeah. got a couple good songs that are uh, that are a little bit more upbeat or that mm-hmm. are more interesting to listen to but yeah they were just like a little bit too existential dread for me i was like this is how i'm already feeling inside my head i don't need your help adele to be sad um the other thing was that she convinced spotify to turn off shuffle for her album i thought you would be a you would be i am outraged you can't no no it's not turn off shuffle mm-hmm. uh-uh what it's that the default is no longer shuffle. No, Are you, you sure? cannot you can't shuffle choose shuffle. I, as a as a as a part time coder, I am offended by this. I thought the 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 thing that I read about it. There's no shuffle. The button. thing that I read about it. Yes, there is. 
You can't shuffle album from the previous view that you were in. But you can play a song and click shuffle. I guess so. I'm surprised it even let you do that. Yeah, it shuffles. Hmm. So that's what I'm saying is that when you go to the album, like the default option isn't to shuffle. Yeah. You can still shuffle the songs. Yeah. <sighs> I think. Now you have, yeah. You can okay, shuffle the songs. fine. Back off your Adele hate. Jeez. Um, and then Coldplay was my last one. Hmm. It's been, a, it's been a minute since you've had thoughts about Coldplay. Tell me. They are planning a tour. Okay. Which I wasn't like super jazzed about. But it, this is a gimmick, but I think you'll get a kick out of it. They are going to, ha it's going to be a sustainable tour. And the entire floor is going to be a dance floor. And it's going to take kinetic energy from your dancing to power the electronics of the concert. There's no way it's actually doing that. Because what if there's a slow song? <laughs> there's going to be no lights. I said it's a gimmick. I like the idea, though, if it's like the lights are very low and as you walk or dance right. like they get brighter i appreciate that i mean i've I, I went to the museum where you ride the bicycle and you power a light bulb anything's possible babe sure man you and i learned how like a car engine works and like you've taught me how like coal is just spinning shit and mm -hmm. same with wind power like mm -hmm. all energy is just getting something to spin it's absurd yeah okay that was our music hour i like a lot of other random updates this is gonna be a long ass podcast um i'll give you a few minutes go do you want my um christmas movie hot takes or do you want my children's um um the christmas movie is our entire segment remember right i thought we were doing a rewatch of the tv show no we're not done yet got it okay so i'll save the oh christmas my god did, we, did you not pay attention in the pre-planning session there's never a pre-planning session before we hit record um then i'll do my quick children's update um shout out to handyman hal <laughs> on youtube if you're listening not now, a poor name thank you um he's the only video that quiets our child down at some points mm -hmm. he goes into a deep dive of a bus really just walks around a bus pointing out the doors and the wheels and he pulls open the engine and mm -hmm. i didn't know where a bus battery was i learned something you didn't know how many wheels were on a bus no nope. there's a famous song about it and you didn't know how many wheels there were <laughs> continue on <laughs> anyways thanks Hal. um puffin rock is the newest one i've been forcing our son to, to watch with me uh -huh. he's finally into bluey a little bit i know you don't like oh, bluey. bluey terrible australian um, accents terrible. have you watched not like like poorly done <laughs> just like annoying to have you watched to me. through the woods with him no it's on pbs kids it is very they're only like three minute episodes mm -hmm. it's very calming it's like a red riding hood uh inspired thing sure is a boy who wears a red hoodie and he has a, a husky who looks like a wolf mm. and they go through the woods to their grandmother's house gotcha. who lives like behind them but it's very cute every episode is like they just follow a bunny for four minutes mm -hmm. and the next time they like find a duck and it's very like calming and nature inspired sure. i like it um but the other one that i have made leo watch is puffin rock on mm -hmm. netflix it's got very soothing Irish accents, and it's another one that's like a very like micro nature show where it's like it's literally takes place on a tiny island off the coast of Ireland, and it's just the puffins. And it's like today we're gonna go play with our friend the the bunny, and today we found a frog. And mm -hmm. it's um, the best part though is that it's narrated by Chris O'Dowd. Okay, is that his name? Yeah, and he has a very nice accent, mm -hmm. and 
it's like kind of like a cheeky narrator like he'll like get distracted and be like oh they're not on the screen anymore let's go find them and and like kind of um breaking the third wall breaking the fourth wall a little Mm bit of like he's kind of telling you what he's seeing but he's not like the all-knowing omnipotent narrator he's kind of just like oh let's see what happens and like sometimes he's wrong he's like oh that animal's not gonna want to eat that and he's like oh they do eat that i didn't know that like he so um i I enjoy the narration of it Mm -hmm. and our son just enjoys the animals and that one of them is named baba because he can say baba got it thank you for that um the good dinosaurs the other one i wanted to talk about oh yeah oof that man i think i think i've got two sneaky hot takes in terms of the future of the world hit me number one is that at some point people will look back on christianity like they do greek mythology boom that's like my number one hot take out of all of the world number two close to that in terms of scope and magnitude is that people will look back and say none of these pixar movies hold up or just a variation of that wow they tried to do the same thing 80 times and it got so dull the good dinosaur i feel like would have been a great pixar short Mm -hmm. um which we watched that float one that very sad one about the boy who can float about 80 times a day because that was the only thing that would calm him Mm -hmm. down our son down and it's not very happy but he is obsessed with babies and he just wanted to watch that over and over and over Mm -hmm. anyways this would have been the good dinosaur would have been a great short it has this great concept that if the dinosaurs never got um never went extinct Extinct. would they like have eventually like evolved to develop society and community basically Mm -hmm. so the the farm the um the dinosaurs can talk and they are farmers the herb the herbivorous dinosaurs are farmers the carnivorous dinosaurs are ranchers Mm -hmm. and humans are just like cavemen in this situation yeah um the actual movie was so fucking sad and didn't make any sense really negative about rivers too like rivers of river trauma (laughs) and like the dad dies for really no reason and then the son like goes out and and tries to like the whole point is he wants to make his mark and like help out the family and make a contribution because he's kind of like the awkward runt that like isn't strong enough to do this task or smart enough to do this task or whatever and then he gets lost and then befriends a caveman child mm-hmm. and then just eventually makes his way back home and, and his that's family his mark. that's his mark then he got lost for like four years and survived and came back and i just don't he didn't do shit he made it harder for the family i don't <laughs> i don't understand like the the not only was like the content of the movie like sad and kind of scary and sometimes didn't make sense but the entire arc like nobody sitting in that room with the storyboard was like but that makes no sense. It's like the the elf quote, like the kids mm. aren't gonna care what happened to the pigeon and the puppy. Right. And it's like it wasn't care? a kids movie though. There were so, so many sad. dinosaurs falling into ravines. Yeah. Man, I'm just thinking about Soul again. Soul <laughs> fucking pisses me off so much. Oh, I enjoy leaves and pizza. I know, oh. babe. Um, I have newses too. Lightning round, go, <laughs> please. Good news. Did you see the New Zealand thing? They banned mm. the sale of tobacco to minors. So yes. anyone born after a certain date cannot buy tobacco because they want to, like, phase out smoking from their country. You're saying they've 
they've made it illegal for a minor to ever buy it in their life. Yes. Like, if you are already... I saw the headline didn't click it. If you are already old and already smoke, you can continue to buy it for the rest of your life. Uh Like, anyone who is So, they picked a year. They picked picked a a year. year. Yeah. So, your license, even when you're 90, will never be eligible for tobacco. Correct. You have been grandchild out of it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I nailed that. it out of tobacco. I've been funny all day, and I wasn't Um, sure it was going to last until now, but... I, I mean, that's got to be the plus. Plus grandchild now. It's not going to work. God damn it. Um, so my other plus, my other oh, good news. Mm, yeah. This one I just saw today, even mm-hmm. from my only news source, the one journalist I follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, California is eliminating gas-powered lawnmowers and leaf blowers. Thank goodness. Oh, um, I love, I love doing all of those types of lawn things i have a battery powered one my least favorite part as a child was having to fill up my dad's lawnmower with gasoline that was out in the shed it was just such a gross and weird process this says gas powered equipment produces more smog forming emissions than light duty passenger cars huh all just to make something spin leaf blowers lawnmowers and generators and like other things it's mostly for like it's a little bit annoying that it's mostly for, like, personal use. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't do anything for giant factories that are polluting way more than cars. But yeah. California, per usual, is trying to take some steps, and I appreciate yeah. that. My other good news is the entire thing that kind of, like, got us in the podcasting mode today, which is Sharon Weiss's mm-hmm. pie. Oh, right. This is a good set of memes. Once in a while, the internet comes through and cheers me yeah, up with something. but... I mean, you did a great job. You're a great curator of memes, right? Because what pisses me off about memes is then, like, this is never... This is... Like, people just take it too far. It's Mm -hmm. like when you're in a a group of friends. I always talk about this, how memes are just inside jokes among the internet. And then you're always like, dude, yeah, we already... That's already played out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do a good job of, like, showing you the ones I think you will think are funny. You're a great curator, babe. You're a great Um, curator. My bad news is a lady sued Pop-Tarts over not enough strawberry flavor in the strawberry Pop-Tarts. Ooh, I can kind of respect that. Really? That's I mean, what not she's the suing part. I would tweet on. about it. But. Yeah, she's literally suing them. Um, are we going to get into Thanksgiving? Can I have one Thanksgiving rant? Sure thing. We watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which I have not done in its mm-hmm. entirety in a long Damn time. Damn Chris present, yep. Um... Our child did not really care for it. It didn't keep no. hold its attention for I think if long. they actually had the balloons up there for more than like four seconds. That was my biggest issue. Is oh, are you going to talk about Annie too? No. <laughs> um, didn't even, not even worth my time. The the actual like broadcast of it, um, yeah. not great, first of all. Mm-hmm. Cutting away from things super quickly. And I know they have a lot to show, but um, they had a section that was just like now we're going to talk about the history of this day and had like a wampanoag group come on to do mm-hmm. a blessing and a dance and they're like it is such an honor to perform this river dance for you it's a blessing from our people mm-hmm. etc they like let the person finish talking flash to like the dancers and then went and up next is the inflatable heinz gravy boat pirate <laughs> America. The, the whole point of it was like they literally said like this day was evil for our people and we're mm-hmm. like forgiving you and here's our blessing and here's this dance that never gets shown to outsiders or whatever and then they just cut away from it to an inflatable 
Heinz gravy boat pirate chip. I mean, it even just, before I, I started educating myself more about uh, indigenous topics, like I had come around on, even before I became a vegan, I came around on Thanksgiving being a trash holiday. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for me, like my extended family doesn't really care about sports and football, which is like the only part of Thanksgiving that as a young person, kid i enjoyed was like oh there's gonna be th-. back then there was only two games on yeah. they're like wow football on a thursday that's awesome And like we recently have soured on the nfl and on a lot of major yeah. league sports anyways right so, so i'm anti-nfl anti-meat anti-american anti-colonialism yeah and so it's just the worst holiday that i could that you could make up yeah. really so i'm gonna convince you and we're gonna take exorbitant trip trips at the end of you november don't have from to now convince on. me that hard from that i'm so like starved for travel after all this covid okay. stuff any more news we're um, almost done with this episode COVID things but i think i'll save them because yeah. i don't care i don't feel like talking about covid right now okay um Whew. so we are gonna i think we should talk about the book briefly sure and then come back to holiday stuff with to what we were just saying and then we're going to so, do an hour of jo- of elf lines again? Or that was a one-time thing? a one-time okay. thing. That was probably a mistake in the first place. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about a book that we read a while ago. And then we've been so out of the uh, routine of podcasting that mm-hmm. we're kind of trying to refresh some of these books that October we meant to talk about. I read it in October 2020. You read it in August 2020. Is that long ago? Mm-hmm. Dang. So over I was going to say we could start by, but well, we can talk about the summary, and I was going to have us read our reviews just to kind of refresh ourselves. I already did that. Well, out loud, I thought it would be nice. Uh-huh. Mine's going to give away my whole thing. Okay. You can mind. do yours. So this book, uh, it takes place in Canada, right? I think so. It's North of the border, yeah. Moon of the Crusted Snow. Right. I it, don't know if I should try to pronounce the author's name, because I don't know if I can. Um... Rice is the author's mm-hmm. last name. So, the book is set in Canada, like I said. There is one uh, main character with his family. Evan. Evan, yes. Um, and so he lives on the reservation, right? The Anishinaabe. Um, it's not It's not necessarily a reservation. It's just a community. Their community, yeah. yeah. And so winter is coming. And then things get sort of scary because well, you missed the though you what? missed the first bit what they're like a remote community yeah. and then all of a sudden they can't hear from anybody like, that's what i mean the, oh, the I, communications and the electricity start to yes that's not actually the scary bit oh right but no but like at first i think if i remember right like in a couple of the early chapters like the cell phone signal goes out for a couple hours and they're like oh that happens because we and live up the cable here. is out yeah and it's like they're kind of used to that being cut off for a little while because they're so remote yeah and so you kind of have the view of like the community and some of the elders like trying to manage this situation and yeah. then there's like one general store and then like you get into like the topic of like rationing and, and you're like, trying to figure out like how do we do we super strict ration now we don't know how long this is going to last mm-hmm. and then you get the outsiders coming in right you have some, you have like the moment of like in lost where like they're like there's others yeah before. so you have some community members returning from that lived in the cities that were able to like escape kind of the chaos happening in the cities. And that's when you find out a little bit more information about what's going on outside of it. But it's a pretty insular story in that it, it is. That was one of my both pros and cons of it. I think, um, I love 
post-apocalyptic and dystopian books that like are very clear with the logistics of what's happening that's what i read for like i don't like the road where it's just like the earth is scorched and here's a harrowing story about a yeah Yeah. about a father Um, and a son i'm really thinking it reminds me a little bit of sunlight pilgrims yes that's a good comparison a similar vibe in terms of like it's winter you don't really know what's happening or how yeah. long it's going to last how you're like much fear kind you of, should have kind yeah. of cut off from other places but not like a single person yeah um so yeah it does a very good job of of place of setting mm-hmm. um because it does pretty much only take place in that town with very limited information about the rest of the world yep um but yeah then you get um the white infiltration the white infiltration mm-hmm. coming in people who don't understand like their ways people that they don't necessarily trust and that start to kind of pull people away from what the community leaders are trying to say and do mm-hmm. um and just being generally like bad influences in an already bad situation and then it gets even like further kind of sketchier of what they might or might not be doing to get more food i don't want to like spoil the whole thing right um but yeah then there's that flashback which i think was one of my favorite parts of the the two young men like trying to leave the college with enough with like the motorcycles and getting at them people coming back to the community yeah right because that did give you a little bit like you're still seeing it from a community member's perspective but it gave you a little bit of a wider world view on what was happening so yeah my i gave it a c plus which feels like harsher than I remember, but I called it a slow burn approach to depicting this apocalypse uh, from a narrative and political perspective. Uh, So this winter is a true uh, emergency for these people. The stakes are high, but I said the second half of the plot does not deliver enough action to remain compelling. The villain stays off screen for too long. I disagree. Hmm. I gave it a B plus. Mm -hmm. I think that... The whole point of it is that the villain is off screen. I think that what I was most impressed by this book was the really a kind of like a subtle but effective way the author like builds the tension. Mm-hmm. Like it is a quiet book in some ways in that yeah. there's not like splashy action on each page, but it still was very like addicting to read it. Like I wanted to keep reading and see what happened. I think the author does a very good job of like building suspense. Like I think sometimes people the suspense book genre mm-hmm. is like half of the time it's not really suspense it's just like someone has a gun and then we're running and then this and then that yeah i think this was like a very good example of how to like quietly build suspense mm-hmm. because like stuff gets cut off and then weird stuff starts happening for sure and it was then, unsettling like, it's yeah. very unsettling that's mm-hmm. a great word for it in that because it is such like a kind of first person or um single narrator narrator mm-hmm. driven book where you're really just focused on evan and his small circle the whole time like you you the reader kind of like stands or evan kind of stands in for the reader in some ways mm-hmm. and you're like what would i do in this situation like you feel unsettled when he feels unsettled mm-hmm. and i think the author did a great job of like building that tension and suspense across the book where you're like fuck what's gonna happen this is super creepy and you're just feeling like anxious being like something's happening off screen and i don't know what it is so i think like the lack of information about the villain and about what was happening actually like made it more suspense suspenseful as you were reading it like if it was just like this is what the bad guy's doing i don't think i don't disagree with you i think my grade um is probably colored by what i said before that 
with a book where I know, like, they're hinting that the entire world could be self-destructing, uh, my urge is just to know what's happening. I want to hear the news reports. I want to know what's happening everywhere. And this one, that by gets, design... Like, so played out with zombie zombie books yeah, and stuff, though. I know. If it had probably done that, I probably would have had a, the opposite complaint. I just so think, I think like, I was a bad reader in I this think case. In some, in some ways... Uh, there are some books where like the author is doing it to almost be like a little bit lazy and you're like okay but give me the rest of the world like yeah. you haven't even figured it out i don't, I don't buy right. into this whereas i felt like this one was a conscious choice by the narrator for sure to just show you this community and the whole point is that they're like kind of used to being cut off because they're indigenous because they're in a remote area because this has happened to them already and they've had to shift mm-hmm. their culture um i thought it was kind of interesting of the aspects of um, Anishinaabe culture mm-hmm. and language and things that, um, well, that the author wove in, first of all, that were still very accessible to someone who doesn't have a ton of background on that. But also, like, I thought it was very interesting the way that, like, they've adapted to the, you know, Western settler, whatever culture. And mm-hmm. now we're having to, like, reverse adapt back to more of their, like, traditional yeah. ways to try and survive. The winter when their access to those western things got cut off it's always been a something that i always ponder and it came to me when we were in um arizona and we went on a tour uh of a small canyon with a uh, an indigenous guide who talked about how much he loved going to the gun range and shooting guns and I didn't judge him for it, but I just found it so peculiar like looking backward through history of. that, like, I would assume that most Native Americans saw guns as, like, something that brought Tools about... Like the oppressor or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You had the right words there. And, yeah, like I said, I don't judge people for, like, acclimating or assimilating or, or whatever you want to call it. Is it even, like, a taking back the narrative situation? Could be, right? Where it's, like, you use this against us, so now I'm going to learn how to do this? Totally fair, you. yeah. It's just, yeah, it's always been something that's that's piqued my interest, and so here you're right. They're, like, we are self-sufficient, but we are part of this sort of modern North America in some ways. And then you and have, now... like, the factions within the community, the mm-hmm. people who did respect and know more about the traditional ways, and then you had the other people who just wanted the food that came in from the grocery stores every week and either didn't have a lot of interest or not a lot of knowledge of those ways. And As they ask on the Bill Simmons uh, Rewatchables podcast, could this be made into an eight-episode Netflix series? I say yes. I think so. They'd have to expand a little, um, bit. A little bit more. I think they'd have to have more characters. I think mm. just having it be like one narrator wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it could be. Um, I was going to say that my just to throw in a few negatives because I, I didn't give it an A+. Plus, um, I thought it was a little bit short. I felt like it wrapped mm-hmm. up a little too quickly for me. Like once... Uh, it almost seemed like the author, like, once the reveals happened, he didn't quite know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it... Yeah, I don't remember how it, it actually was actually kind ended. of short and ends very quickly, 218 I pages only. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, like, longer than a novella, but not quite fleshed out enough. To, bad choice of words. Not quite mm-hmm. built out enough to be, like, a full book, I think. So mm-hmm. I think I was expecting a teeny bit more in terms of, like, the falling action and how how it wrapped up. Yeah. Um, I think the author's skill level is obviously at building that tension. I didn't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and 
I also thought the dialogue was just a little bit meh. I think I'm very um, picky about dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I read in my head and how much I read and I, the dialogue needs to flow and be natural for me. And I struggled mm-hmm. with that a little bit, that the dialogue was a little bit stilted. Sure. I think the author excels more in like the atmospheric kind of stuff versus the just like person talking to a person scenes yeah. were a little bit underdeveloped, I think. Okay. I think we did pretty well considering that it was more than a year. Yeah. As we were talking, it was coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it wasn't impactful one because there's plenty of books I read a year ago, plenty of books I read three months ago that I couldn't tell you what happened or how I felt about them. So yeah, I also felt it was appropriate as the snow is growing higher on our window over there. Mm-hmm. felt like a atmospheric one for today. And it was just, um, November was indigenous heritage month. And I, um, read a couple different books for that, for like sure. a books, a bookstagram, uh, Instagram challenge thing. Um, one that I would recommend that I thought was interesting, um, if you want to learn more about um, Indigenous history in in Canada, mm-hmm. was um, called. Uh, now I'm going to forget this land, I think, or okay. this this place. Hold mm-hmm. on, this place, 150 years retold, and it's a graphic novel that has um, a bunch of kind of. I don't want to say small stories, but like very particular stories. It's not trying to tell some sort of like expansive, inclusive history. Mm-hmm. It's almost like picking certain people or places and telling like a, a little like contained story mm-hmm. that builds into the bigger narrative of oppression and colonialization and, and whatnot. Um, and I didn't love all of the comic styles because it's like an anthology with different artists. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it was a cool it was a cool read, and a good one for like getting little bits of history and getting kind of the overall message without feeling like you have to memorize like every battle and every every massacre and whatnot. Gotcha. Okay, so I'll give you a little a little bit of time to talk about some Christmas movies now. Okay. Now we don't have the Hallmark Channel, so it is slim pickings in in a lot of ways. Um, there's been a few that I've been recommended that I haven't been able to find. There's one that I was going to have us watch maybe this weekend if we've got time. Mm-hmm. Um, called Snowden, which we're snowed in right now. We could have watched it tonight <laughs> instead of podcasting. You're welcome, folks, for this riveting content. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start with a kid's one. Okay. Santa Paws. Mm-hmm. Not what I expected. <laughs> Okay. There's very little dog content. This is not in, in the Airbud universe. This is in it, the Paws universe. It is. <gasps> oh. There's a crossover later Expanded. of Santa Buddies or something. Gotcha. There's Santa Paws, Santa Paws 2, and then Santa Buddies. Mm-hmm. Watch the first two. S- weirdly, the same little girl actress. She must have been contracted for more than one movie because she is an entirely different character. Same girl. Uh And then we started to watch the third movie. And by this point, our son is like, these movies have not enough dogs in them for what's advertised. I'm not going to watch this shit. He's He's also so sick of Christmas stuff. You only watch Mickey Christmas with me. Hmm. Anything that has Mickey in it. Because he just goes, Mickey. He doesn't even like Mickey that much. I don't know. He won't watch any other Christmas shit with me. Um, Especially not Charlie Brown. I'm so proud of you him about that. You brainwashed him for like so refusing to proud watch about that. So he doesn't want to watch any Christmas stuff. He watched Polar Express today and he liked that one because there was a train. Mm-hmm. Too scary for him though. That movie was mm-hmm. 
I mean, they really had to build that up to make a very short book into a two-hour <laughs> movie. It's a lot. Um, Santa Paws is basically like little orphan, little orphan Annie. Mm-hmm. It's like a girl's orphanage. There's um, the the orphan. Um, oh, you're gonna give us like a, a deep dive the, into this. The orphan person is oh, the orphan master. Yeah, I don't know what her name is. She's um like a famous actress and i i need to tell you who it is because it's really gonna bother there's me a famous actress in santa paz uh, too famous is a strong word santa paz is the first one okay she um, only did, she only did the one the the well that's the, the thing the santa is different in all of them the mm-hmm. voices are different in all of them here's your tagline magic dogs and an elf team up with two children to rescue santa who has lost his memory okay that is is pretty much it lost his um, memory from an accident yes he gets hit by a car Oh, fuck. Um, he gets hit by a taxi, and then a homeless man steals all his stuff. Shit. This this girl from the stuff. What is she from? From from um, the Reno. Oh yeah, and bridesmaids. Yeah. Yeah, and bridesmaids. Wendy. Yeah. Yes, she's the orphan lady. Wow. Um, it's mostly about orphans and very little <laughs> about dogs. There's a dog involved. Oh. Um very weird movie it, it okay. was actually decent Next it was up. actually decent santa paws 2 not good not good okay. at all um uh holiday in the heartlands you watched part of this this is like a bad netflix movie the yeah. two girls like parent trap their grandparents they meet on a plane and neither of them wants to go to their grandparents for christmas i don't remember they any start of singing yet. country music at the end yes so it starts off strong it's a parent trap situation they meet each other they're going to the same town they're both going to doing to stay with grandparents they haven't seen in a very long time mm-hmm. and yeah i wasn't swap. watching this one but i was watching you watch it while i worked and I it's think. like a prince and a pauper kind of thing where like one yes. of them is one of them is going to like yes. a poor like trailer park kind of family and one of them is going to like a mansion right so the first half was interesting mm-hmm. in that like their parent trapping it and it's just you're getting the vibes of the families and you're getting some history of the families and why they haven't seen each other in a while Mm -hmm. and then the second half gets fucking bizarre and like everyone's related somehow and there's a beauty pageant and then the way they're related is backwards to what i thought i was like oh one of them is gonna be like actually the the son from this mom Mm -hmm. the other way around the it made no sense the ending made no sense and then they all just started singing country music and it didn't make it um <laughs> would not recommend um prince for christmas yeah i, I could do this i can take this one you babe. take this one babe prince for christmas i think it was the you ta- chose this one. i think it was the tagline that got me it said over christmas uh a royal prince has to stay in a children's pediatric wing of a hospital and finds true love yeah and so the hook about why he was in a pediatric, a pediatric wing, I, I was interested enough to... We were also picking one to only half watch while we did right. Christmas cards, so... Um, so yeah, it was definitely in the vein of ones I'm sure we talked about last year. I know I went on a rant about the one with like the worst direction of any movie I've seen. where like the Same ro- actress. Same actress, probably yeah. same director... Like, remember that movie where, like, the driving scene, like, they show everyone leaving a garage. They showed the full journey between destinations. (laughs) Like, they don't know you can cut a scene. It was amazing. Um, So this one, yeah, terrible acting. The first ever male Butterface I have ever seen in this world. Where 
from neck down, he was a piece of hunky meat. And then his face was like a leathered, <laughs> leathered, like Slender. old man who spent too much time in a tanning bed yeah. and was a, a, a Trump shade of orange. Like there's so so little like um, mythology built the into point this. that. I was like, what country are they in? Unclear what country the the. The story is taking place. Uh, very unclear what country he is a prince of. And then at the end, he celebrated for like feeling bad for kids with cancer. Right, that was his big emotional arc. Was he started as a uh, pompous prince and ended up caring for dying kids? Yeah, caring about dying kids. He didn't care for them. No, he didn't. Um, yeah. So yeah, a couple other highlights. And everyone just kept being like, "You did so much for these kids," yeah. and he like made paper crowns for them. Like, yeah, just... no, I only, I only, mm. I only care about this movie for its logistics. Um, there, there was the evil king who only wanted his son out of the pediatrics wing. There was this weird undertone of who's going to catch cancer throughout this movie. Like, everyone kept saying on screen, like, you know, cancer's not contagious, but everybody was kind of like... like an AIDS situation? We don't really want to be around you yeah. guys. Um, and everything was building to a charity gala. That which, she immediately runs away from, and it's very Oh, we got, they, before you get there. The okay. But, like, this gala and must have Russians? been being planned... Right, this gala must have been planned for months... And then because the prince a few days ago hurt his knee on a ski slope, the king of foreign country moves the gala to where the hospital is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. In the hospital. Very bad movie. Um, I didn't even want to finish it. Did we even watch the well, very Well, we got ends? to, like, the end. Like, they kissed and they, and they, there was a, oh, there you have a fiance. More. No, you don't. And then there was, like, 20 minutes at the gala. Yeah, and I was like, I'm done with this. Wow. Um, I was more interested in that Prince in a Small Town one that we didn't finish. Yeah. Made right. no sense. On he Pluto, just was yeah. about to get married and then just flew to a small town in New York yeah, and got yeah, stuck there. Yeah, that one was weird. Yeah. And then there was just like the sad orphan girl. Oh, have a girl, room. The sad orphan mm-hmm. girl. And then we never, I, I assume they fell in love. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Um, our next bonkers one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do one we've watched together or one that I watched by myself? How many more do you have? When's the, when's the good one? Save the good one for last. So Christmas you do the other calendar. Time. Okay. Um, diverse cast, which I appreciated. Sure. It was pretty much all black char- main characters or Indian, uh, continent of India. Was last year, was it a Christmas movie with like the angel and all that weird movie last time? Was that a Christmas movie? That bizarre movie you watched? I, last Christmas, I made you watch that. With, no, not um, the one I watched. Something about a pregnant angel stealing babies. Was that a Christmas A New movie? York Christmas wedding something. That was the most bonkers Christmas okay, movie sorry, I've ever watched. Okay, sorry, keep talking about this other one. Um, but you're just reminding me that we were supposed to watch Ghosting sometime, and um, I saw it available for somewhere. Okay. Um, the John Chu movie about about social media? John Chu? Ghosting? Harold and Kumar? No, there's a Ghosting Christmas movie with the oh, girl okay. from the bold type. Um what am I talking about? Movie diverse Christmas cast. calendar, right. Yeah. So she is a photographer who's afraid to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, like she does like children's photography, but she's like afraid to like do her own photography for no reason, <laughs> for no real explained reason. And um, 
and getting strong pedophilia vibes just from what you've no, said so she was just kind of like an overworked like sears kind of employee sure and she I wanted to do that. her own like artsy photographs that weren't that artsy it must be really depressing um and she has like the typical like super successful like older sister with the niece and whatever yeah and then she has her like friend best friend who's a guy mm-hmm. from when she was younger and there's a whole like will they won't they kind of thing mm-hmm. and then she meets this other like doctor dude who like seems perfect to takes her on these dates the gimmick here is that she gets given a calendar by her grandfather okay uh, like an advent calendar sure. but it's predicting the future so like every okay. morning she opens it and like a little figurine comes out and it's something that then happens to her that day. That day, oh, yes. Geez. So like a candy cane comes out and later that day when she's taking pictures at a Santa thing, a candy cane falls on her and she breaks her arm. Like a very large one. A very large. Oh, okay. Candy cane. <laughs> and then I guess I should start with that. And then a different day she gets ice skates that pop out. <gasps> oh God! What's then- gonna happen now? <laughs> and then later that day, it's a the doctor guy that she's kind of dating takes her on a surprise ice skating date. Fake so it's like predicting the future. But it made no, it, there was no reason for it to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, except for later that like the, the friend kind of proves his love by like buying it from an auction mm-hmm. and then getting it back to her. It was not a good movie. Okay. Um, one other one that you watched on hard. your own? Uh, it's a very popular one that's the one with um the guy from uh the guy from the show silicon valley uh-huh oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. um right i watched the second the last quarter that that. wasn't great it was not um there was there was some that was fake dating yes this is our plus we got it there was some funny stuff in it but it was surrounded by a lot of like dialogue that felt like it was written like three years ago to be very in the moment three years ago. Mm-hmm. And since three years ago, like a lot of fucking shit has happened in our country. Mm-hmm. So it was like, they just were like, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. And it's like, oh my God, I'm yeah. over that meme already. <laughs> like the meme fatigue, like we've talked sure. about. It, it felt like that. It was like, what if there were candles for men? And it's like, it's not, it just felt like a movie that would have been fresh, like four years ago sure. and in this at this point i was like this is not working for me yeah. even like tinder it, like even like the online dating stuff was like "Ooh, online dating are you going to get catfished and like i feel like again we've kind of moved past that as a society yeah a 55 holly star that was the actual name of it you i don't it know up? okay um this one had the greatest tagline i've ever seen for a movie and i wish i wrote it down um where's our where's the clicker the TV clicker? No, the other clicker to train the dolphins. <laughs> what is the TV clicker? <laughs> Here it is. A puppeteer finds herself without work and must go home for the holidays to get back on her feet. Um, <laughs> I forgot and how then, this movie And opened. then there's yeah. hidden tre- And then something that stumbles across a hidden treasure. Right. A broke puppeteer returns home for the holidays and gets caught up in a treasure hunt. Yeah, no, that's terrific. Yes, she. they really did lean into the puppeteer... Talk about careers that you might need to pivot from. From she was like a a capitalistic puppeteer. She was Commercial, doing like commercialized, yeah. yeah. And losing one one commercial like really put her in a place. Yeah, she yeah. had to go home. Her parents were like on a cruise or whatever that like right. trope is to get the parents out of the way. Man, I always want to be with the parents. And on a then. Cruise. 
Uh, this movie was very bizarre. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of how I felt about the Holidays book. In mm-hmm. that the character and the characters were very interesting. And the plot was just bizarre and terrible. Correct. Um, so, like, the main character was actually a decent actress for this type of movie, I feel like. She was cute. She was fine. The and best friend, the best friend was, like, Melissa McCarthy, like, in Bridesmaids level, like, breakout. Hilarity. Yeah. And I really appreciated that, like, they didn't, they didn't use her as, like, the fat friend who's a who's a joke like right. she was the best character she like had her shit together she reminded me of um the one she's in super super store now but she was uh-huh. also in that other yeah show yeah for i thought it was the same person at first um it's just amazing just hilarious when she fake kills her <laughs> talk about fake stuff. oh um, my god i just, love people that make fun of paintball too nothing brings me more joy than making fun of people who do paintball so if you can watch this movie and like forget there's a plot yeah honestly i can't remember the grandpa had the treasure he was drunk at a bar she keeps like having visions every time she like hits her head she has this weird puppet has the near-death experience yes she has like the weird puppety (laughs) memories of like there being hidden money somewhere so this movie despite the bizarre plot would have been like an a movie for me in terms of just like batshit holiday movies and they ruined it with the ending and i'm not going to give it away because i want some of you to go watch 55 holly star on mm-hmm. netflix just for the hilarious best friend yeah didn't really care about the love interest that i much. thought that bit was fine too it was a little confusing because they're like we know each other so well but we, but we only saw each other once a week once a year for a week every christmas get it though it's like the summer the summer romance it was, vibe yeah. but it's just the, the christmas yeah. version but the ending ruined it a little bit for me because why even ending? have the treasure hunt oh when they figure out the, they figure out the secret but then they don't actually figure out the yeah. secret well i'm setting up for a sequel <laughs> 56 holly star to holly two star oh God. um anyways out of all the movies i talked about i think i'd recommend this one the most yeah. 55 holly star just forget there's a plot just don't get too invested into the treasure hunt yeah. bit because you will not be satisfied just go with like the the real treasure was the friends we had time. along the way yeah. like that that whole me that whole thing all right babe i'm cutting you off I think any that's upcoming it. things um a book In that i read love boat taipei Mm-hmm. It is a like Asian. Um, well, the I think the main character is Asian American, but it's set in um, Taiwan. Is yeah, that where Taipei is. I think so. And um, at like a summer school, mm-hmm. it was kind of like Gossip Girl, but like make it Asian and abroad. Um, it's getting an adaptation. Gotcha. And I think it would actually be a good one because, like I said, it's got, like, that Gossip Girl vibe where there's a lot of, like, rich people doing dumb shit and, like, sneaking out of things. And um, there's some good, like, love triangles and stuff in it. So Awesome. And Encanto, I want to... It mm-hmm. looks like a good movie. I'd like to watch it sometime. Okay. I'm saying that. I still never watched Luca or Maya and the Dragon or whatever those mm-hmm. ones are, even though we have Disney+. Plus. Um, but I'd like to see Encanto sometime. I've heard some good things. Okay. I think that's it. This wasn't actually that long. There's the content is just not a lot of content. <laughs> um, Thanks for sticking with us. Now and just always. <laughs> yeah. Have a healthy, happy holiday season. And we'll be back at you in the new year. Um, we always say we're going to be more regular and then we're not. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be a New Year's resolution that will break. 
but uh, check out Book Digits. Check out um, the Book Digits Instagram account, which is just at Book Digits. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing some end of the year wrap up stuff, and I've been sharing some screenshots and some information about the uh, redesigned sites. Mm-hmm. Um, so come tell us what you think about the site, and uh, have a happy holiday season. Thanks, Stay safe. Boo. Bye. Okay. See ya. Bye. <laughs>